writes this bullshit? Trekkies, I guess. July 21st, 2021. This is Rare Encounter, Encounter number 54. And super directing the pattern, I'm Abel Kirby. And forgetting his lines all over your face, I'm Cold Acid. Those lines, baby, they're so elusive. You never know where they're supposed to go. Uh, and I got some beb and honey here. This is probably the worst shit I've ever had. I had one before the show. Uh, actually, I might have had before the show i don't if you ask your seat sitter he'll say i had 10 uh but i had uh, yeah you drunk smirnoff seltzer uh and this is what you get white girl wasted on nice yeah it's terrible fucking don't drink this i think you heard that i heard the uh the pop and tumble good old pop and tumble yep I've got here bootlegger rum, barrel aged dry cider. Holy! From Lockmore Cider Company in Prince Edward, Ontario. So is it rum or cider? It said both. It said something it's cider wrong, right? that's aged in rum barrels. Ah, there you go. Does it taste like rum or does it taste A like sparkling cider? dry cider aged in rum barrels? Natural carbonation and left on the leaves to generate gentle bubbles. Warm rum aroma with a spicy finish. Use it to liven up the mojito. Mm. Ingredients. Apples. Sulfates. <laughs> sulfates. <laughs> That's all you need, dog. My brother picked this up. My brother picked this up for me while he was on a biking weekend with his girlfriend. Oh, uh, yeah? And he, he borrowed my wheels to do that because I've got a nice... I got a nice rack that goes on the back for, for bicycles. Uh, it's Ice Hawk with the rack and on the he back. He doesn't. <laughs> It was Ice Hawk, right? I prefer my racks on the front, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and I think you do. Woo! You just spin those around, baby. So, yeah. So let's try this shit out. I'm waiting. Dun, 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 da, da, dun, dun, dun. And he's dead. He's deceased. Not it bad. Was... Okay, never mind. <laughs> Not bad. It's a little It's a little difficult to get to my mouth because it's in a, it's in a long neck bottle with a fat body. Uh, so it's like you tip it and you hear glug, 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 glug. And then finally you get that sweet, sweet liquid. <laughs> well, I have a curly straw. Oh so my. Just, just so you can get your full, uh, your full vision of what I look like. I got the curly straw. You can't drink lips. carbonated beverages through a curly straw. Fuck, you shouldn't drink carbonated beverages through any sort of straw. <laughs> Watch me. Woo. Oh, you know what I have? Oh man, you're, 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 you're a rebel. Yeah, I got something from you. I, you're a rebel. I, I forgot to bring this last week. This was a little bit from, uh, did you, on Podcasting 2.0. <gasps> did you hear this? Yeah, no. this, this, yeah, just listen to this. Chris Cheruberak. Yeah! Oh, jeez. Dave on Podcasting 2.0. <laughs> I heard that. I uh, I heard that come through. I said, ah, I gotta do that. Come on, that's not how it's pronounced, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll have to correct him on that. Yeah, he said it correctly before. I know, and, and it's it's not like it's not like this is this is anything new. I have a I have a monthly recurring donation. <laughs> I've I've heard Adam and John both pronounce it wrong and pronounce it right. It's yeah. 
It's kind of, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just laughing at your misery, but uh, I find it I, I should I should update it to just, like, have the donations go in with my night name. <laughs> yeah. Or you could say... That, that's easier. You could Actually, always... no, no. I've heard them... I've heard I've heard both John and Adam screw up Kawartha, so that probably wouldn't help any. Kawartha. Oh, dear. What'd they call your, your town? Um, Coitus or something? Cortis. Cortis, yeah. Coitus. It's Curtis, but at this point, even I'm calling it Cortis. Cortis. Yeah, it's the popular thing to do. Oh, man. Speaking of popular things to do, uh, did you watch all that space uh, launch crap? We had Bezos? No, because nobody went into space. Well, that's debatable. I, I, th- there's a lot of things wrong with this, and that's not the hill that I'm willing to die on, is uh, the definition of space. Man, they didn't even go bad. as far as the ISS. The, you have to at least reach, like, ISS altitude before I'm going to say, okay, yeah, that's close enough. Uh, the, the definition... You, was, know the bi- you know what the biggest problem... You know what the biggest problem with all of this is? It's not, that, it's not that we've got billionaires going up into orbit. The problem is they come back down afterwards. Yeah, and they have an annoying, <laughs> annoying narrator yapping over it the whole time. That's my takeaway. This show fucking sucks. It's always someone making stupid commentary about, uh, uh, you know, how, how significant. This is such the, the, the most significant rocket launch. And uh, look at that. There's Jeff. He goes up in his spaceship. It's so irritating, and it feels so disingenuous when they have the voiceover. What happened to Houston? What happened to Mission Control, where it was, you know, the, the calm voice, you know, uh, even when there, even when there's a problem, there's someone who's there and, is, and just has the steady voice, the, the one that the air traffic controllers all try and, uh, all try and copy all the time, you know? What happened to Forget that? Forget that, too. Forget, Forget like, that yapping shit, too, TikTok man. Crap. No, you know what I want to hear? You know what I want to hear them do? I want to hear the narration being done by, like, by, like, a Mexican sports commentator <laughs> at a soccer game. <laughs> wow, that would be good. <laughs> Oh my God, that would be great! So, uh, so what you have to the do? The rocket's is... about to reach its apex. It's at its apex. Goal! Woo! <laughs> 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 right? I mean, wouldn't that make it so much more exciting and enjoyable? Absolutely, absolutely. We could get that, you know, and. Uh... I'm trying to think of what else. What else could we do? You know, I think there should be more ribbons and streamers. I'm a fan of ribbons and streamers. Um, yeah. What if what if they set off? What if they launched like huge explosives when they when they reach the when they reach their apex? Right. <laughs> they just like launch out a whole bunch of fireworks, giant fireworks that explode in the atmosphere, and like <laughs> half half the planet gets to see all this like sparkly shit in the skies to celebrate. Yeah, what we want is Jeff Bezos in the in the controls. He goes, "Wait a minute! I just lit a rocket, and rockets explode." <laughs> Do the full Buzz Lightyear, you know? <laughs> oh boy, we have enough Toy Story on uh, on this stream. I think I played that a couple times in a row. Uh, maybe maybe it was all pre-stream stuff. It'll good old Toy Story with uh, probably pre-stream. I don't remember. It was the duet version. Know. The duet. We got version. more interesting space news though. <sighs> Okay, what's what's new in space with you? Well, give it to me, baby. What about the Hubble? What about the Hubble Space Telescope? The Hubble Space. I hear Telescope. that it is back in action it after is. a 
glitch. This is back in black. Uh, or it is uh, just on the backup computer. <laughs> yeah, this is a little uh, story that broke after our last episode. We had the Hubble telescope had some problem with the internal computer on it. Indeed. They, uh, over the course of a couple days, they ended up switching to a backup computer. Um, one of the things that I, I don't have a lot of commentary on it because it sounds like it's just something that's, you know, the, the whole vehicle up there is like 30 something years old. What is it? 30, 31, something like that. And, and it's still kicking though. It, well, it's, it's kicking. It's on some backup instruments now, but the, uh, you know, the mission control, speaking of the mission control, that is an unenviable position to be in the control room there trying to switch to the backup computer and then bring instruments online and test them and make sure they work. That is a, uh, uh, that's a nail biter kind of job. Oh my God. It, it, the, the problem with running stuff in space is that you can't see it or smell it or get near it. It's like if you were a deaf mechanic, um, and you can't, you know, hear the sounds the car is making. It's like, I wonder if it's really, is it broken? Is it working? You don't know. Cause all you have is some telemetry, you know, from space. It's, a. Uh, it's it's got to be just nerve wracking to be a, in one of those positions where you have to trust the procedure and you know uh, hope that everything goes well as you turn instruments on and hope that, that nothing just catastrophically fails. I found NASA's statement about about all of this. Oh yeah, and I saw NASA Administrator Bill Nelson. Mm -hmm. Now that name sounds familiar to me. It sounds like Sean Nelson. This is what I, comes to mind. He was the singer from. Uh, from uh, Harvey Danger, <laughs> but I know it's wasn't not... wasn't Major Nelson the main character in I Dream of Genie? Oh yeah, he was, wasn't he? Wasn't he Bill Nelson? Major was that his name, Bill Nelson? I'm oh. not sure. Hmm. I remember it was Edwards Nelson. There was Genie, and oh, there was the Doctor who was always suffering. <laughs> yeah, Barbara Eden. That was Genie. I had to think about that for a second. Oh, yeah. Good old Barbara Eden. <laughs> All right. So what's Nelson have to say about uh, the Hubble? The Hubble? He said that he is thrilled to see that it is has its eye back on the universe. Mm. Yeah, that's good. It sounded like after a couple days, I think it was Thursday, Friday, they were flipping through uh, different configurations and testing things. And they finally got it back online to the point where they, quote, have resumed science, unquote. Nice. I had the name wrong. I looked it up. Anthony Nelson. Ah, uh, Tony. Major Anthony Nelson. Tony Nelson. Tony Nelson. <laughs> U.S. Air Force. Yeah, so the Hubble had... I wanted to bring up a couple things because there were some stories about the Hubble that I vaguely remembered. And, uh, you know, I, w I went back to try and refresh my memory uh, last week on this when this was going down. Uh, the uh, The story of when the Hubble telescope first launched. Do you remember that one at all? And they tried to start, they started taking photographs with it, and they realized something was wrong. Dude, I was seven years old when it launched. I, re I remember seeing a documentary on VHS on it, and that's how I knew. So it was a couple, it was years after. But we had educational VHSs, and they talked about some of this stuff, and they had great footage of the, uh, uh, what I really remember is they had a, a footage of, here's the Hubble lens, and it's, I think it's a 2.4 meter, I can't remember what the... I can't remember what the diameter is. It's something like that. And they had a picture of the lens and they were just slowly grinding it down to shape because it's got to be in a particular shape. It's a lens. And they wanted it to be to a, a really high precision. And they, they were talking about, oh, this is like 
the best lens grinder that was ever made and everything. And they're filming the documentary. And then it turns out that when they launched the Hubble telescope, they turned it off uh, to look at some point in space. And I think they actually just looked at a star and they're looking to focus to a fine point. They want to see that star be like one pixel, one, one by one pixel. You know, it's got to be a point out in the distance is what it should be. And instead it was like a big blobby blur. <laughs> and they said, <laughs> uh, oops. And it turns out they built the, uh, they built the lens wrong. <laughs> so they ground it to a very high, they, they ground it with a, a very high, uh, precision. So it was out to many, many decimal places. It was exactly the shape that they told the computer to grind it to. The problem is they told it to grind it to the wrong shape. <laughs> and so it was, it was a very high precision, wrong, wrong shape. And uh, they were taking blurry pictures with it for a couple of years. The corrective action was a corrective lens. Do you remember that one? I remember some of the jokes about it. No. No, they had to fly up with another I'm mission. More, I'm more interested in I'm more interested in what these things spot than than these uh, satellites themselves. Ah, it's optics, man. You got to be into optics. It's such a good. good I have enough optics sitting on my nose every day. Thanks. Uh, oh well. So that was the Hubble, the Hubble telescope story from today. So it sounds like it's back online again. They're doing things, and I don't know. I I did a search right before the show, and there's three or four articles that were all published in the last 24 hours that all mentioned the Hubble will be replaced by cheap balloons. And uh, I'm not sure what I feel about that, or it, it sounds like there no, was a it, PR. No, it's not going to get replaced by cheap balloons. No. No, for the sort, for the sort of things that they, they are trying to image with the, with the Hubble, they'd be much better off sticking something in the L2 point instead. I'm sorry, I was muted. That's exactly what they're doing. They're sending the Jim Webb Space Telescope out, and that's going to be sitting in the exactly. So what's this bullshit about balloons? I don't know. They're exactly that. It's bullshit. It's morons. Come on, we got it. Is always morons. What do you expect from the news? I can't believe it, man. Well, you know what would be good? Uh, I, I got some local news. Okay, here's here's a little. Uh, uh, here's a little entremont here is we had a, a story about the Baltimore art exhibit that's coming up. And uh, so Ooh. Baltimore, like many cities, has its own little art museums and things like that. I've been to a few. I've been to the Railroad Museum, and that's the only noteworthy thing <laughs> that I've been to. Um, of all the, all the excellent, the best ones are in D.C., I'm told I haven't been able to go there at all. Uh, but soon I'll be down in D.C. checking out museums and maybe even reviewing them every week. We'll see what happens. And uh, anyway, Baltimore Art, um, uh, I'm sorry, it's called the Baltimore Museum of Art, has a exhibit that's coming up early next year. So this is like the long in advance press release. But here's the shtick, is that they have the uh, security guards at the museum are going to curate the whole exhibit. And I thought this was a excellent idea. We still don't know what's in it, but the just the idea of... These are the guys who have to stand around in the museum all day, and they probably notice what, you know, people react to and what they don't react to, and which pictures people stare at the most, you know. So I bet the perspective of a uh, Baltimore Museum of Art security guard is a uh, kind of unique. And I, I'm. Uh, I was think I was something. I was thinking something silly like, oh, now we'll finally get to see what night watchmen are into. But yeah, that. I didn't consider the the angle that they that they'd be observing what people 
there are looking at in the museum. Yeah, I'm I'm taking so this, this story. Straight. This sounds a lot more interesting now that now that you brought that point up. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for this. It sounds less pretentious than most of the shit you see in art museums. I'm all on board. I want this to happen, and I want. to Well, it does. It doesn't take much to be less pretentious than an art museum. Yeah. I. When was the last the last art museum I actually went to was in Kansas City, uh, and that was a little while ago. Uh, where they had, I'm sure Sir Spencer knows the name of the meeting, uh, the name of the museum. The, uh, it has like the weird spider looking statue outside, and I can't remember the name of the stupid thing, but it had its fair share of pretentious bullshit inside. And a couple good My brother and well. I went to see a special exhibit at the Art Gallery of Ontario back in 2019. Oh yeah. It was it was just a room covered in mirrors with mirrored spheres in it. And so you were the art. I guess. <laughs> it's a it, the the theme of this piece is self-reflection. If, well, a reflection was definitely a big part of it. One form of reflection or another. Yeah, yeah. Well, did you see, uh, speaking of space, did you see the guy, um, I didn't put this in my notes, there was a guy who had some of the Apollo 11 photos where they had, I think it was Neil Armstrong's um, helmet, is has basically cool. a spherical surface for his visor, for, you know, the glass part of it. And it has reflections on it in at least one of the photos. There was a really prominent one. And what they did is they zoomed in, they isolated the uh, the uh, the section that was reflective, and they kind of blew it up and unwarped it so you could see what basically he was seeing <laughs> at the time. And so you get a sort of you. It's a famous photo of him standing on the uh, on the moon, but then you can you can see sort of the back. What's going on behind the scenes? Because they zoomed in on you know the reflective uh, the spherical mirror. And found out you can see the guy taking the photo. You can see the stuff in the background. You know, it's kind of fun. Didn't NASA or the Russians actually use mirrored insides of the helmets at one point to, like, reflect things that that are on other parts of the spacesuit? So that way, like, you kind of had, like, a poor man's heads-up display just around, like, the, the port you actually look out? I do not like, know. That's new to me. Yeah, I must have been imagining it then. Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> well, what do we got going on in Canada? Any news in Canada? Oh, there's a little bit of news in Canada, but there's something else I want to talk about first. Oh, yeah? And that is, Twitter is bringing in the downvotes. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, yeah. So what's a downvote on so Twitter look like? Apparently, they are, they are doing tests with the iOS... Uh, Twitter app, where they now show for some people a downvote button, and this isn't this isn't a dislike. This isn't the opposite of the like button in Twitter. Rather, it, stuff that gets downvoted ends up being pushed down the timeline further, or even hidden from people based on how many people have been downvoting them. So it's, uh, I guess they're trying to pitch it as. Oh well, if you see fake news, you can use this so that other people won't see it. But it's like, well, you know what it's all about. It's really about censorship. Well, this not about fake news. Yeah, I mean, we've seen this kind of thing before, where it just makes an echo chamber. Like you, you don't have to wonder what's going to happen in this situation because there's so many uh, previous examples of this kind of thing happening. Where, what if we let? Um, 
people control the timeline by either digging something up or digging it down or by upvoting it or downvoting it. You know, there's a number of different cases that you can look at. And what you find out is most of the time it just turns into an echo chamber. And most of the time, uh, it, it's, people are incentivized. It's even to, better than that. They they send the bots in it, to do whatever you they don't want. get to see. You don't get to see how many how many downvotes something something gets, unless you are media. Apparently, the idea is that media and and fact checkers will get to see the downvote count on something. Well. We're media is what I, is what I'm hearing. We're media, but and we're, other and people we're don't get other people don't get to see that. You don't even get to see how many downvotes your own stuff gets. We we're media, and we're fact checkers, so we should have access. No, not not like not like us, like the mainstream media, the M5M, those uh, bastards, those bastards. Ah, I get so mad. Meanwhile, how I found out about this was. Somebody on Fediverse mentioning that this is the beginning of Twitter adopting something known as Unomia into their site. And I was like, Unomia? What's that? And turned out there was actually a project being funded by the EU uh, and performed by this group called Trilateral Research, which was an effort to add downvoting to the Fediverse Starting off with Mastodon. Really? Really. Okay. I don't know what to think about this. Um, so this is... Mm, I'm going to have to read up on this before I have an opinion. Because on one hand, I'm not a fan of the uh, letting the, the votes curate what shows up in my timeline. If it's just a counter, like maybe if it's just, hey, there's a built-in poll to every single post and you can say you like it or don't. It's no, this is this, offensive this, to me. Because if it was public, it could be seen as something like that. But if the downvotes are not public, it's all about it's all about profiling, seeing who's getting a lot of downvotes, and then being able to cancel them more easily. Given how many people on Twitter these days are brainless and woke. Yeah. Now I I uh, deleted my Twitter account some time ago. I think we talked about it on this show. Likewise. Yeah, it's it is liberating. I I also got rid of my Steam account, which I, it's a harder sell. Most people don't want to do that, but I did. I'm not getting rid of my Steam account. Yeah, no way in hell. I'm just the voice in the wilderness. Then no one wants to listen to me. I'm looking at this. What's this? Neckbeard.xyz notice is is that? Yeah, what that's the meant? that's the that's the post where I where I saw this and started looking into it. Anomia system on their site. Yeah. Hmm. All right. This is something to keep an eye on. This is uh, new to me, uh, and uh, we need to do some more research to figure out what we really think about this. Mm-hmm. But I tell you right now, I don't like this. Not one bit. Uh, well, I think the thing that bugs me the most—it's not a feature in Mastodon. Oh, it's like if everyone said, "Hey, let's add a feature to Mastodon." Okay, I can understand that. If it's the European Union is funding someone to. Uh, try and astroturf a feature into Mastodon. Uh, well, you know, I'm not so gung ho about that one. Mm-hmm. So, oh well, we got better things to talk. We got we got uh more fun things to yeah, talk. Yeah, like about. anime. <laughs> well, before we do that, I got something. Um, I I was a l- little while ago. We were doing some um some Star Wars fan films. You remember that bit we did? Yeah, and I I heard on misinformation that. 
that they really enjoy that. Mm. So we got some good feedback for that. So I went in and I didn't want to do Star Wars again. So I I decided I should just Star Trek this time. Yeah, do Star Trek. And so I got a couple of uh, Star Trek fan film clips, just just three. And, you know, Star Trek was more of a cerebral show. You know, it had, it had more smarts and Star Wars was kind of dumb and hokey. And but Star Trek, Star Trek was really, uh, really on the up and up. You know, it was the, it was it was like the NPR version of uh, of Star Wars. So let's listen to what they have to say. Let's stroll down memory lane then. Don't patronize me, Pata. Whoa, watch it. I'm fragile. If you knew what you were asking, you would realize we all are. Tell me then, from your perspective, what am I asking? Since there remains no Valhalla stone, he went searching for the missing Constone. Thought he gave that stone to Nancy. He learned she Nancy? had that ship before it went missing. Did he locate the ship? I don't know. He came across something even he would not talk much about. Was he vague? He said... He said what? I won't repeat it. Please. Come on. Uh, what did he say? It is foolish. It is. It is terrible. He said... <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. There you go. <laughs> it's a long way to... It's a long road to hoe. Oh, my God. Oh God, that that is uh, that is like a it's, road to hell. It is, cerebral. but I can tell you, I can tell you this, I can tell you this: that winner, winner, chicken dinner in that phony Klingon voice—that's <laughs> worth isoing. Oh uh, yeah, it might be. Um, let's see. I don't know. I'll, I'll skip the. I'll skip one, and we'll just go to. You know, uh, a lot of people like the original Star Trek. You know, it was uh, James T. Kirk and Bones and Spock, and uh, that they, a lot of people like that. It was more rough and tumble than. The next generation and all these ones that came after. So even we, Enterprise was good. Let's go. Let's go check in on uh, what what uh, Jim and Bones are talking about. What's the matter, Jim? I've just been thinking about how fast time has been going by. It seems like only yesterday I was this brash young lieutenant with an eye for adventure and an eye for the ladies. Some things don't change with time. Well, I admit I tend to race into relationships at warp speed, but love is real and for a time. If you're starting to feel like you've missed out on love and a family, it's never too late, Jim. Look, it's okay to grow older. It's natural. Why are you doing this? Embrace the journey, <laughs> but just don't embrace it alone. Don't His let the job prevent you close. from finding someone. And speaking of someone, what about Lieutenant Almeida? She mentioned to Nurse Chapel she thought you were cute. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Bones, I need Fuck some- everything about that. <laughs> Bones, Fuck I need everything about that. Jesus Christ. Bones, Bones, I need some Viagra. Roddenberry is spinning in his <laughs> fucking grave. So, I was looking for some, like, snappy bullshit that I could bring. You know, like the Star Wars, we had the jokes about the tacos. Yeah, don't speak Mexican, that kind of bullshit. <laughs> and that shit was actually funny. This was just, this was just like, God, it's like, it's like. 90 teen dr- 90s teen drama. Oh my god, it's terrible. Like, done done on a discount with a thin patina of of Ursat's Star Trek. So I I edited all of those clips down from there they I think I I got them all under a minute. Oh god, there is more. There were probably 2 minutes to start because what they would do is they'd say a line and then there would be a long pregnant pause as the music swells in the background and then comes back down, and then Bones would say, yeah, Jim, I know what you mean. We're all getting older. You know, it... 
This has me fucking triggered. My eye is twitching, man. <laughs> it was like, terrible. Jesus Christ. This is terrible. There is nothing good about this. No. I did, uh, I watched these, just so you know, and they're fucking awful. What was that? The warp effect is accelerating. Compensate. Compensating. Whoa, 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 stop. What is it? There was a spike in the gravity shear right when Owsley kicked in the warp drive. You just noticed this now? I'm sorry, sir. I didn't know what I was looking for. <laughs> Here, this is what happened when oh. we started using warp. It's, it's exponential. That, that means- it's exponential. The planet has already passed critical stability. What? I, I can't explain what? it. <laughs> This doesn't even this doesn't even make like trekno babble. No, it doesn't. This is good. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> oh, Who writes God. this bullshit? Trekkies, I guess. No, no. Even Trekkies <laughs> wouldn't write like that badly. I don't know. Apparently they do. I'm just saying. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had that, it, it was just terrible. We don't need to dwell on this anymore. I just, I thought I was going to do something fun, and I I surveyed the landscape. And all, and all you've done is make me wish I could put my head through the fucking wall. Yeah, I, I surveyed the landscape, and it was just... Please, never despair. bring these things up again. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so next week, Harry Potter fanfics. <laughs> Fan films, I should say. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think? Come on. Should we do it? You, sir, you, sir, are pure evil. Yeah, I think we could do something with that. All right, so you were bringing up misinformation. Why don't we go to that? Yeah, sure. Q, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say something. You brought it up! I mentioned it. That's all. Okay, so we don't have to talk about it. Okay, moving on. Hog story, we had uh, num episode number 202, The Stash. And I just barely got through that one. Um. It was fun as always, and then uh, Grumpy Old. Also, Hog uh, Fletcher was on Misinformed Nation, but we don't need to talk about that one. Uh, Grumpy Old Ben's had episode uh, one seventy eight. That was AI Bourdain, and they had the the little bit in there that I liked, which was the Olympic uh, anti sex cardboard beds, supposed anti sex cardboard beds. <laughs> yes, yeah. alleged. So, so my uh, immediate reaction was. You're in Japan, dog. You sleep on the floor anyway. What is this? Like, the bed collapsed. I sleep on the floor. Oh, yeah, like everyone else? Come on. Yeah, you you know what? You'd think, you'd think that they might, like, offer offer people, like, the opportunity to try and sleep like the Japanese do. <laughs> on a futon. In the Olympic Village. You know, like with the futons and shit. On the bamboo mat with the, the paper doors. <laughs> yeah. Oh but I mean, God. you know, the the thing is, with those Olympic villages, like, every time the Olympics happens, those those places are like a fucking orgy zone. Like, I would be, I'd be less worried about getting COVID at the Olympics than I would about some other viruses. Hmm. Yeah, it's a little, uh, I, that story comes up every single Olympic season. They always bring it back and they talk about how many condoms get used and how many condoms don't get used and... Here's all the problems that happen, and it, it's such a human interest story. Because there's all these attractive, fit people who are, like, also, at the same time, horny as fuck, thanks to, like, all the all the things they do that cause them to, like, ooze pheromones, right? Yeah, the, pu the public loves this story. It's about uh, people fucking and... Well, that's because orgy, the public know? always loves sex. Yeah! 
We're always down for something lurid. Yeah. So I, I wanted to bring up a couple notes because I do enjoy the Olympics. Uh, not everyone does, but I do. And I've been watching. I've been looking forward to this one, I, I should say. And so the first events actually have started already. Uh, or Yes. And they were the, the there's softball in Fukushima going on. And there's also soccer, I guess. But I didn't see a story about that one. But it showed up on the schedule. I heard something about soccer. I think uh, I think Canada has already lost. Oh well, it hasn't to even Sweden. started. <laughs> yeah, I heard something about that when I or I saw it on the TV or something like that while I was getting my burrito. Yeah, um, the opening ceremony. If anyone's interested, I know I am. Is on Friday and local time, American time, uh, or let's say Eastern time, is uh, six fifty-five a.m. Uh, on Friday, and uh, they're going to rebroadcast it later on, but if you want to watch it live, I think NBC finally got the damn hint, which is that people don't want to wait 12 hours to find out uh, what's going on with the Olympics, especially when Twitter tweets out the the, uh, the medals in real time, so you already know who won. No, no one wants to wait for the rebroadcast. They're actually doing it live for once. Thank God. Well, at least they figured that out. Yep. So I'll be watching that just to see what goes down. Um, let's see, we had maps with Matt. I don't have a count on that because I decided I'm I not do. doing this shit. And here we go, cold it has acid. It's been 150 days since the last episode of Maps with Matt. Yay! All right, we're back on the count, back on the hunt. We got no time to waste. You know who has time my, to waste? My, my, my thing is, I feel that if he doesn't release at least one episode a quarter, then we got to start the countdown again. Until he releases. Okay, okay. Until he releases. So what we're going to do, Matt, is we're going to count down. And when we say zero, you got to release. My maps! (laughs) There we go. Woo! All right. We got some other bullshit. Um, We got some anime. We got some movies. We got some stories. We've got voice actors who don't exist. Oh, yeah. You want to do that one? Uh, you're the one who, who brought up the link, so... Hey, I'm you, the one who tried to cancel it last episode. I said it wasn't good, and I skipped it. You said you wanted it. All right, so we have the... And also, by the way, Grumpy Old Ben's talked about this, uh, something too similar, so and... I was, was going to cut it. I was going to cut it because uh, I don't want it to sound like we got scooped. But no, they had... Um, it was just an article... Well, they had something else where it's like taking somebody's actual voice and then using that like vocaloid style almost to to do like fake voices right well this is this is a story about what i is what i heard from it the story that we have is not the anthony bourdain cnn story it's the technologyreview.com story which came out before that i think this was way at the beginning of the month this was july 9 it's been sitting on our it's been sitting on our uh, our show notes for a little bit, at least, and uh, unfortunately, you, you it won't go pulled away. Pulled it in last week. It, unfortunately, pulled it in last week. It's only a week old. Uh, and unfortunately, it won't go away. So this was well. The article itself isn't, but in our notes, it's only a week old. Well, it's you know, it's still stale. You know, it still tastes like uh, you know, like uh, some food that's been sitting out too long. All right. So this is a story about the companies. It's about the surge of startup companies that are using deep learning, which is different than Vocaloid. Vocaloid doesn't use deep learning um, to build no, synthetic... No, it does not. 
to build synthetic voice actors for digital assistants, video game characters, and corporate videos, and basically any way we can screw an actor out of uh, making a pittance on, on reading shitty lines off from a script into a microphone. They're going to do it. Um, the, the reason that I cut this story is because it was really boring. I expected either really good or really bad uh, synthetic voices, and Karen instead we got is the senior this. AI editor at MIT Technology Review, covering the field's cutting-edge research and its impacts on society. She writes a weekly newsletter called The Algorithm, which was named one of the best newsletters on the internet in 2019 by the Webby Awards. Okay, and that's all you have to hear. It's it sounds really bland. There's nothing special going on. I don't know how they think they're going to have a an actor replaced by this because. Maybe you could replace a newsreader or a screen reader with it, but it's it's not acceptable for uh, really anything except yeah. you know reading a bland article, reading a Wikipedia article is the only thing you could get away with. In other words, Vocaloid does it better. It yeah, I mean Vocaloid at least you got the the little singing and you got the dancing bit too because you know Vocaloid comes in pairs. You got the the song shit which is fun, but then. Whenever you talk about Vocaloid, you have to talk about the characters, too, which are an integral part of Vocaloid. That's very true. And the little dances that they do. But hey, you know what? If we ever wanted to take a week off, we could probably use this tech to just, like, do our voices for us. I don't know. Because, I mean, that's essentially the way we talk, the way that clip was. I'd rather hire two people off Fiverr to do it. Yeah, but they won't have our annoying voices. Well, you know... What do you get? What you pay for? Fiverr ain't too bad. I think we can get a couple of people to do. Fair it. enough. We're gonna hire actors to play ourselves. All right. Um, do you watch any movies? Anime? I've watched a bit of anime. Uh yeah. And which and did you may? Uh, that one, that other isekai one that I forgot to mention anything about for the last couple of weeks. Because I forgot to set the proper download location for the episodes. Ah, the and surprise. So they never showed up in my media player. Aha. Uh-huh. And which which so one is this again? Since I know Yuki nothing. something. It's the it's the hold on a second. Uh the yucky hold on a second. Fart yeah, something like that. <laughs> yucky hold on a second is my favorite Mel Brooks movie. Oh, my favorite is Spaceballs. Mm. In history of the world ain't too bad. Even in the future, nothing works. <laughs> oh, man. Well, anyway. Story while, of my life. While you're working on that, we've got a couple things I went and, and did. Um, I caught uh, The Mummy, the 1959 version of The Mummy. That's not anime. Well, it's close enough. Peter Cushing, he could be anime any day, if you ask me. Sure. He now, could. No, this was the uh, this was the original version of the Mummy, and they had uh, you know it's it, it's kind of got that old movie like boring feel to it for the first uh, I don't know what it was twenty minutes or something like that. But here's the thing about the original Mummy is if you keep watching, it goes to this flashback where they're, now they're in ancient Egypt and they have uh, some of the same characters playing their uh, playing their ancient Egyptian cult uh, cult member, uh, you know. Uh, I don't know what, what what they be. They're like the alternative versions of the characters, and it's fucking great. And it goes into this long sequence where they talk about the death cult and who's the guy who's in love with the princess, and he can't. Uh, he wants to protect her even though she's dead, and so he commits some sin against the gods. And it, and it has this whole lore that they just roll out. 
And I don't remember that from the Brendan Fraser movie. Uh, they had nothing like that in this. Had uh, Christopher Lee in it. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in this. It was a really fun movie. And, you know, if you like to see Grand Moff Tarkin running around with a shotgun shooting people, it's a great movie, too. Yeah. The, yeah. Oh, oh, I have in my notes. Here we go. Here's my notes. It says there was a pole, a nipple blocking pole. What a jip. And I think that's in a reference to Nipple a scene. blocking pole. Yeah, they had the Egyptian princess was uh, being embalmed, and they had a strategically placed column inside the tomb that made it so you couldn't see anything good. Ugh. Damn. Terrible. Terrible. Also, there Absolutely weren't... Absolutely terrible. There weren't a lot of cats, and I expected to see a lot of cats in ancient Egypt, but, you know. As some people would say, fuck ancient Egypt and fuck cats. All right, fuck you, ancient Egypt. Do you find your thing yet? Yeah. All right. So let's pass on to anime then. Uh, no pun intended, because okay. I mean, dead princess, mummies, right? Pass on. Oh, I get it. I understand. I deserve that. Yeah. All right. So you've been watching Hig more Higurashi. Yes. I've been watching. I just watched the first episode of, uh, what are they calling it in English? Tsukimichi Moonlit Fantasy. Okay. Or as the weebs like to say, Suki ga Michibiku Isekai Dochu. Okay. So here's a, here's this average looking teenager who gets who gets told that his parents were from another world originally, and he's being summoned to the world that his parents came from to serve as a hero. But the goddess of that world takes a look at him and considers him too ugly to to be a hero and banishes him to like the edge of the world <laughs> where he starts meeting and hanging out with monsters. It's just like an 80s teen comedy. It's a little it's a little more etchy than that. All right. Okay. Yes. Uh, one of the first one of the first ones he meets is an orc girl. Complete with the complete with like the Miss Piggy looks. Okay. And the second one he meets is a Eastern style dragon who got hooked on what she saw when she paralyzed him and looked into his memories. Uh-huh. And now dresses up like a samurai with okay. tits. Okay. And so how many sex scenes are there so far? None. Alright, failure of a show. No one needs I to said watch it's this. it's like it's a bit etchy, but it's not it's not hentai. That's too. I've been reading the manga for for quite some time, and so I'm watching the show. And so far, so far, so good. Is it is it funny? Yeah, I would say so. Okay, okay, valid. I'm amused by it. It's if I wasn't amused by it, I wouldn't have kept reading the manga. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was looking at uh, Higurashi, the new season, Higurashi Satsu, or is what I call it, the uh, Mexican telenovela, and they're wrapping things up from the last season they had. Uh, there's a character, Sadako, who randomly, last season, she pulls out a, a gun out of the middle of nowhere and holds up the uh, the school. Actually, wow, that's kind of dark. They had a school shooting in there. Sada's got a gun. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and so anyway, they did the episode where she gets the gun and it's so she's uh she's continually dying and reincarnating and and she keeps her all her memories and so that keeps going to these flashbacks where she's learning how to shoot a gun. She she actually takes firearms training. She goes and ha figures out how to buy a gun on the black market and uh 
there's this really cool scene where she's, you know, she's, I don't know what she's supposed to be, like, uh, 10 or 11 you, years you old. You think that if she's remembering her memories from the previous lives, that she wouldn't need training anymore for using firearms? That she'd be, like, they're showing a the, damn good shot by the latest loop? They're, they're showing the viewers what's going on, because there was, this was apropos of nothing. She randomly pulls out of a gun in the middle of the show, uh, and so they have this, this scene. I think she's she she's a bunch of different ages, depending on where they are in the loop and everything. But I think it's just like 11 or 12, and she's like getting into a dark car in a dark alley. She's, yes, they brought cash. Uh, stop jabbering and see if this is enough. And she has, you know, she's talking down to the guy she's buying it from. It's fucking great. It's, yeah, it, usually, usually when, usually in Japan, when it's an 11-year-old girl and uh, and Shady deals, the money's going the other direction. She is buying this gun, and she knows how to use it, and she's... It, it, it even has the training montage of her plinking cans out in the woods for apparently 10 years in a row because <laughs> it keeps going on. Oh, man, she's on. shooting yeah. somebody's somebody's antique cans. Yeah, she well, she's uh, shooting coffee cans, it looks like. But, you know, it's it it's a lot of character stuff was going on and uh, they're, they're filling in a lot of blanks and you can just feel they're building up to something. So, again, Mexican telenovela, the anime, I'm into it. I'm gonna keep watching. I saw one one of the pictures that you that you took for the show was uh, was pretty amusing in an awkward way. And which one was that? Uh, with the green haired girl with the tits, who's <laughs> like, there's two of them, by the way. They're, wonder, they're, wondering 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 why she wasn't born as a guy instead. Oh yeah, yeah. So she says she's uh, one of the guys, uh, the main character, who's he. He should be the main character, but he's not. Uh, uh, they call him K-1 because his name is Keiichi. So we call him K-1. Yeah. And uh, he wins a doll at some contest. He goes, eh, well, why don't I give it to her? And she's so flustered. It's kind of cute. but uh, It she, is. She's a real tomboy. But she also has an identical twin sister. So there are two of them. Are the, is the other one also a tomboy? No, she's a girly girl. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's well, a still. fun dynamic. But th she may have uh, stolen her sister's clothes and then snuck into people's houses and murdered them. So I don't know how much of a girly girl cool. she could be. <laughs> There's some dark shit going on here. Ah, it's great. I love it. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, so the pet names for the show, I should bring these up. We have the main characters, Keiichi, so they call him K1. Uh, there is the uh, the cop. The, the fan name for him is Mr. Delicious. Um, mm. and there's a couple other random ones. I can't remember. Those are the fun ones. So Mr. Delicious is the, uh, the local police officer. And it's because his name is, um, it's like Oishi or something like that. Or it says it's a syllable off. And so they just call him Mr. Delicious. He's a total dickwad though. So I don't know. Keep an eye out for him in the show. All right. That's enough. I've done Maybe enough. Oishi. Oishi. Yeah. But they, they, uh, they pronounce his name a little funny. All right, that's enough. We talked about this shit enough. What do we got? What do we got next? Well, you got uh, you finally got to see that last uh, Heaven's Feel movie. Oh yeah, I went out with a friend. Um, I have a friend Marty who hangs out uh, with me once in a while, maybe once every other weekend. And I dragged him because we we go to movies together. He's one of my uh, my guys. He's my favorite Marty, is what I call him. Friend of the show. Oh. Also, he listens to the podcast sometimes. Uh, by the way, hi nice. Marty, how's it going? <laughs> The, Hi Marty, nice to meet you. <laughs> we uh, 
we we went and saw a movie on um Saturday, which was the uh that Marvel movie, the Black Widow movie. Was the first one we saw. Yeah, okay. It it was fun. There was no sex scenes. Uh but overall I thought Black Widow was one of the there wasn't a lot of things wrong with it, the way I think that a lot of Marvel movies are annoying to me. This one it felt just kinda dumb and uh and it was action oriented. There was some fun stuff. There was kind of some family stuff drama going on in it too. Eh, it was fun to watch. Uh, so we saw Black Widow, and then the next day we did a double header. The next day we went out, and I said, "I'm dragging you to an anime goddamn movie. You're gonna go watch the Fate Stay Night movie, and you're not gonna know what's going on because you didn't see the other two, and you have no idea what's going." But uh, <laughs> I'm gonna take you here anyway. So he has no idea what's going on, and my God, it was a train wreck. Um, the uh, the theater we went to, uh, the the anime movies are brought by Fathom Events, which is uh, the company that imports them and they distribute them to theaters, and they usually do one or two night only showings. And I do like Fathom Events, but we went to an AMC theater, and they had a lot of problems just figuring out how to display the movie properly. The first problem was when you do one of these special events, they don't have trailers before the movie. And so when it's, the movie actually started at 3 p.m., it started right on the dot with the the director and one of the actresses on the screen saying, hey, welcome to our movie. It's so great to be on a, a American movie screen. So it's all subtitled. You know, they're doing the introduction to the movie for the American audience. Yeah. And that starts right on time. And then the movie starts right after that. There's no trailers. There's no bullshit in between. And they didn't turn the lights off. So the movie theater lights are on as if they're running, you know, the crappy trailers for the first half hour. And so I went out, I got oh, up and geez. complained about it. I, you know, this is my shit. I want to see this movie. I care about it. And so I went to the front desk and said, yeah, there's, there's a problem there. There was actually two problems. One was the lights were on. And the second one was the screen was cropped wrong. It was terrible. So the subtitles were uh, on the bottom of the screen. The bottom half of every phrase that they wrote was cut off. Oh, geez. Yeah, and I went, and so I complained about both. They said, oh, yeah, we'll fix it. I went back. They dimmed the lights, but they never fixed the picture. So I got up again, and I, I said, hey, what's going on? You know, you can't just dim the lights. You got to fix, I don't know, the picture that's not being displayed properly, the, the one that we paid to watch. And now, and I don't speak Japanese, not that well anyway. I know a little bit, but not not enough to uh, to follow a movie. And the uh, the girl at the front desk said, yeah, she gets on the radio. She's talking to the projection person, and, and she says, yeah, they don't know how to fix that. They just don't know how to fix it. Uh, so you're going to have to deal with it. We can give you a refund if you want. It, it was so disgusting that the one thing that you have to do is display the movie on the screen. That's the only thing we're paying for. And they couldn't figure out how to do it. It was... I don't know. I was very disappointed. Well, to to be fair, to be fair, projectionists these days don't have to do all the stuff that they used to do where you got like move in the different cameras and switch the reels and start the next reel on time and all of that. It's all fucking digital these days, yeah, but it also means that if you do need to actually adjust anything out of standard, Nobody fucking knows what to do. We're, we're talking about people who couldn't figure out that they had to dim the lights in the theater. They weren't, they weren't even paying enough attention to notice that that, uh, oh, we started the movie, and for the first five minutes, all of the overhead lights are on. It, it was terrible. Come on. 
Yeah, if they, if they don't know to turn off the fucking lights, I would not expect them to know how to operate the equipment. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know, it, it, it sucked. And so with uh, yeah, all they're the not, They're not projectionists issues. anymore. They're fucking idiot kids with a computer in a booth. It wouldn't have been, so the, the technical problems aside, the movie actually wasn't as good as the other two. The first two uh, Heaven's Feel movies were great. This one was tying up a lot of loose ends, and there is a lot of techno babble and plot info dump crap, which wasn't as interesting as the fight scenes in the drama. And, you know, the second Heaven's Field movie had a bunch of sex scenes in it, so, you know, they didn't have any of those, so it was a disappointment. Aww. Yeah. Oh, well, there's my review of Fate Say Night, uh, Heaven's Field Part 3. So, in Part 2, who was having sex with whom? Shiro and Sakura. Sakura is the heroine okay. of the Heaven's Field route. And Shiro's the main character of the visual novel. So not with Rin this time. No, that was... Uh, <laughs> they they never did sex scenes in... Her route was called Unlimited Blade Works. And I think they did a, a CG dragon that he fights instead. So they, they did a bunch of weird shit. And of course, the original visual novel, the one from 2003 or 4, was... Uh, let's say it was 18+. plus. It was uh, it, it had a bunch of scenes in it that were definitely adult uh oriented and when they edited it for the playstation 2 version of the game and also when they edited it for tv so they adapted the story for the tv release they cut out all of the uh the adult content let's say and they replaced it with some weird shit where it's like oh well this is the scene where he was supposed to bang the heroine but instead he has a dream where he fights a dolphin you know a c a badly animated cg dolphin jeez uh. <laughs> it's kind of famous. <laughs> so, at least in Heaven's Field, and they didn't pussyfoot around it. probably meaningful in in a terrible way. Uh, yes, yes. Now, I've got another question. Is there Alluvia Root? Alluvia Root? No, there's not. I'm trying to think. She was one of the maids, right? Alluvia she's the She's the one with the, with the huge tits and drill hair and lots of money. Oh, no, she's one of these fate extra kind of later things no i don't know i don't even know who she is she doesn't count she's not real you know only fate stay night counts <laughs> maybe the sequel she was in second season of unlimited blade works yeah not to mention not to mention she's one of the four main characters of prisma Ilya. yeah well one of the two supporting us alongside ren yeah she's not know. really one of the main characters i mean those are Ilya and miu and uh What's her name? The the clone or twin of Ilya. I can't remember. With with the dark skin. It's all Chloe. It's Kuro. Dark Ilya. Kuro. Yeah. I I stopped paying attention. Like Fate Extra, I can't care about it. As soon as they went to the mobile game crap, I'm done. I don't want anything to do with it. Fate Stay Night was a great visual novel. You know, it had the three routes. It was a self-contained thing, and I don't need to uh, know anything else about the franchise. All I need to know is that original, uh, that original game. I gotta read some VNs again sometime soon. Oh, yeah. There's some coming out. How about next week? Uh, I'll, I'll pull a couple. I, I got a newsletter. Ah, I'll pull a couple yeah. that we can talk about. And, and maybe some funny ones we can, uh, we can talk about. Maybe some serious ones that might be actually fun to play. All right, what do we got? What there's, do wanna... a, there's a serious one that I played some time ago that I really enjoyed, Swan Song. Mm. We talked I about that I might have mentioned it before on the show, yeah. Yeah, we talked about that once. 
So what do you got? What do we got for uh, for some last stories here? Oh, I don't know. Uh, how about how about you hit us with some? Uh... Oh, actually, you know what? I came across something really neat recently as well. A Soviet calculator. What's so special about those? Do they do Soviet well, math? It's, yeah. Do they do. It's com- a programmable scientific calculators from the eighties. Does it do communist calculus? It could. It did go up to space. Okay. Tell me more. It, so this is this is actually pretty interesting design. This calculator. It has a number of cartridge slots in it that that provide extension. That's part. That provide expansions. Okay. So there are different there are different modules that you could uh, that you could plug in to to help with your calculations. Like what right? what, what kind of modules? So there's like a there's like a module for for banking calculations. There's another one for crypto. Ah. There was another one that was like totally that was like totally kept. Uh, not secret, but restricted access, which was for, which was for doing uh, space math. Oh, space boy. math with like coordinate transforms. Yeah. What's space math? Something like that. The idea, the idea was that, uh, was that like, in case the calculate, in case the like navigation computers failed when going up to like the Soviet space station. Remember, remember there was a space station called Mir? Mir, yeah, Mir. That the Russians had? Yeah. Yeah, so if if the navigation computers for for going up to Mir and docking with it failed, you'd at least be able to use this calculator and do all the math yourself to, to line everything up properly. Ah, uh, that's great. I love it. Yeah. And there were even games for this thing, but... I don't know how well you can play a game on, on like a string of uh, seven segment uh, displays. Mm. It's like ten or eleven digits or something, right? And it's all just like the seven segment displays. Mm. So it's like, how can how can you really make a game out of that? And yet they did. I bet you could make poker on it. Like you could, you maybe could you could single player poker. <laughs> they had ten or eleven. Uh, yeah, I think that works out. Yeah, you could be uh, Texas Hold'em. I, you know, that's what the, I know for a fact that that's what the Russians were doing. That's what the Soviets were doing in space. They're playing Texas Hold'em on their calculators. Sure they were. I bet. I totally bet. Yeah. You're going to have to ruin. Sorry. I forgot what was on that pad. <laughs> but yeah, it also had, uh, it had a RPN mode. Oh, reverse Polish notation. Yeah. Indeed. RPN. So, so it was R- pretty pretty neat coming across this. It's a battery eater. It would take uh, it would take four AA batteries and would just like run them down in no time. Mm. Or you had you could plug it into the wall with a uh, with a wart. Huh. So uh, let me ask you about RPN. Do you ever get proficient with RPN? In a sense, I mean, you don't have much of a choice when you're doing uh, when you're doing math in Lisp, right? Okay. I don't know. I don't do math and Lisp. I do math and MATLAB usually. Yeah. <laughs> or so, Python, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, have you ever done any sort of Lisp programming? Nope. At all? Nope. Okay. Well, I'll just warn you right now, there's a lot of parentheses involved. 
Oh dear. Oh, um, do you know what Julia is? It's Morning, a pro- Julia. <laughs> it's a programming language. I just found out about yes, it. Yes, I've heard of I've heard of Julia, the programming language. Have uh, what's your opinion of it? Do you know anything about it? I've never used it, and I've heard that it's if you want to do like Mandelbrot sets and stuff like that, it's good. I'm it look- makes it easy to program things like that. I'm looking at. But I don't really know any details about it. I'm going to be looking into it because if it really does what I what it claims to do, then it'll be incredibly useful, especially because it looks like it's open source. The The problem with MATLAB is that, well, I don't know, it's, it's kind of the blessing and the curse, is that it's closed source and you can't distribute anything you make with it, not easily anyway. Like, there's ways you can compile it, but it's not, it's, it's kind of stupid to... To say, oh, well, we can distribute this program I made in MATLAB and, and you know, anyone can use... No, that's, it's impractical. It's really dumb. Um, so I'm looking at this as an alternative. Uh, and I don't know. Maybe I'll have a report on it later. It looks cool on the website. That's the only experience I have is what's on the front page of their website. I hear that if you're doing stats, that R is the language you want, even though everybody these days seems to use Python still for yeah, some reason. I, I would use Python instead of R. I don't... I do statistics sometimes, but Python has some better libraries for the stuff I want to do. If you want to do, um, like, control charts, Python has some better shit. I mean, I guess R, I don't know. I never dug into it that much, but my, my first blush look at it was, yeah, it does some stuff with statistics, but you know what? Python has all this other bullshit. It has a, it has all these libraries for things that you might want to do on the side. Uh, for all the intermediate There's steps. a lot of libraries for R as well, though. Yeah, but I couldn't find any of the ones I really wanted, so, unfortunately. So, maybe Python's what you want, maybe Julia's what you want. Yeah, I, I like Python, but Python's Just, if a you, little... If you're, go- if you, if you're going for Julia, don't, don't make any creepy phone calls or videos. Yes, I don't want to scare her off, you know what I mean? Oh my god! That's yeah. what it is, instead we're gonna... Who are you gonna call? it's... <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Oh well. Got okay. any potato news before we before we end for the night? Oh yeah. Um, let's close this off with a a story about potatoes. Uh, we got two stories about potatoes. Do you want to do the uh, the Canada one or the China one? Wow, it's like <laughs> they it both sounds horrible. <laughs> Which potato story? Choose your potato. Choose your potato. Well, adventure. let's go with the let's go with the Chinese one because it seems more scientific. Yeah. So this is a story from PotatoPro.com. The news is that uh, China has been working on this problem of trying to replace vegetative reproduction in potatoes with hybrid seeds. And so, just to give some background, if people people who listen to Rare Encounter regularly know this, but potatoes aren't planted with seeds they're planted with cuttings of potatoes of the variety that you want to grow and they're uh essentially what that means is that every potato of a certain variety is a clone of all the other potatoes of the same variety and some of them have been going for hundreds of years where they just they grow the potatoes they cut some they cut uh, them up like apples yeah like apples you know you don't want to plant apple seeds in the ground you don't know what you're going to get you're really rolling the dice there Instead, what you want to do yeah, is yeah, you find... want to take a cutting from from a branch that's already growing the tomato, the not the tomatoes, the apples that you mm. want, and it's the same thing with potatoes. Apparently, yeah, eh? potatoes. 
grapes, you know, if you're running a vineyard, you don't plant grape seeds. You don't know what the hell is going to come out of the ground when you plant grape seeds. What you do is you cut pieces off the plant or and you and you grow them uh, so that you have clones of the same. So what you can end up with is a whole vineyard where all of the grapes are clones of each other. They all taste the same. You can make a consistent product. Potatoes, the same way. The problem with that and then you potatoes. end up with with like your entire country's crop of grapes failing and needing to need to ask the Americans to kickstart your wine industry again. Yeah, France, France. <laughs> we had it happened. Yeah, in the potato news, they have China is working on trying to get potato seeds that have. I'm trying to. I wrote down the there's the scientific language here, but it was a potato seed which has a certain. Uh, effect where the um it's called uniform heterosis uh with with uniform i'm sorry uniform f1 with strong heterosis is the thing that they're trying to get which is they want a potato seed that they can plant and they can grow the potato from the seed the potato has some mutations you know so and when you have those small mutations you get uh some immunity from diseases and you have your if if all of your potato crop is the same variety if one of them is susceptible to a disease, then they all are. But if you could plant potato seeds that make potatoes that kind of taste the same, you could have some immune, some some resistance to those kinds of things and also have a consistent product. That's what China's been working on. They have what's called the U-Potato yeah, plant. So yeah, go ahead. Why don't you take it for a second? Remind, reminds me, it reminds me of something. Yeah. How many potatoes does it take to kill an Irishman? I don't know, cold acid. How many potatoes does it take Zero. to kill an Irishman? zero zero potatoes and yeah i mean i mean like see something like this like like you mentioned where if you've all if they're all the same if they're all the same cultivar right then one if one of them susceptible to some sort of blight or other or other like potato killing thing then there goes the entire crop right yep. just like the grapes did in the and in the 19th century in france so there's that's the biology lesson. Here's the economics lesson. Um, this is the the important part of this is a large part of the potato industry involves keeping those cuttings and distributing them to the potato farms again. And so that was the story we brought up. I think it was last week about the EU was no longer going to. I'm sorry, the uh, Great Britain was no longer accepting seed potatoes from the EU. You need hundreds and hundreds thousands of kilograms of seed potatoes so you can plant them and grow you know the potatoes that you're going to sell the seed potato business is a big part of the potato industry and if china gets a hold of this instead of having hundreds of kilograms of seed potatoes they can grow or or, or seed a whole field with a couple grams of not seed potatoes but potato seeds and make a consistent product that uh that has great return so there's some there's some upsetting of the apple cart going on here and i don't know what's i don't know what's gonna really happen with this but it's something to keep an eye on and you know rare encounter will keep you up to date on potato news so just stay tuned and we'll have the the good potato analysis for you yeah whenever whenever there's whenever there's new news about new potatoes we'll we'll cut you in on the story oh uh, yeah well, I hope you all enjoyed the show today. I sure did myself. I enjoyed it a lot more than I'm enjoying this uh, 
rum barrel aged cider, to uh, be honest. Well, it's not. It, the first sip was good. The following one's not so much. Well, until next time. I've been Abel Kirby. I've been Cold Acid. Later. Adios. Don't you know everybody tell me she wasn't satisfied?